The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey on this bright Saturday. Robbie, what day is this today? We're going to just go with Easter Eve. I don't <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't listen last week, we're replaying from last yeah, week. I don't know the official trouble. name of... It's not Monday, Saturday. It's maybe it's... I don't know. But I know it's Easter Eve. That's yeah, what I know. Yeah. Big day's tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. right. It's coming. Right. Resurrection. So with tomorrow being the big day, we all know that that has to do with salvation, which is really, really cool. But Todd, there's a, a missing part of, of Jesus' message that often isn't told as fully. Yeah, it's not, and that's what we're going to talk about today is why Jesus came and why uh, his death on the cross, what door did it open up? And, you know, we usually understand about it opening up to salvation, but what was it salvation from and salvation to? You know, um, John fourteen six really tells us why he came. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And have you ever seen those bumper stickers that stop right there? Yeah. Uh, maybe they're not bumper stickers anymore, but... Um, really, they're missing the best part of the verse, which is the second part. No one comes to the Father but by me. So he's telling us the reason why Jesus came was to clear the way to the Father. So the destination wasn't salvation, which is a great, awesome thing, and we got to have it, but the destination was the Father. The Father, yeah. Okay. How do you receive God as Father? So, Robbie, when you hear that, how do you receive God as Father? Was that something that you have always just kind of thought that way, or is that something that has changed a lot over the last few years for you? No, I remember the first time Todd shared that at a boot camp. I was sitting there, and it just put a peg in a hole that hadn't been there. Oh, he's the way to the Father. And what exactly does that mean? And it really started me on a wonderful journey of beginning to understand how I could be fathered by God. And, and even... I picked up a book that everybody knows by John Owen, communing with the triune God to begin to understand how is it that I commune with the Father and what does that intimate part of my relationship look like? What, what, how is that different than just communing with Jesus? And there weren't any good books written in this century. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently not. Yeah, I guess not. But everything you've said about it, I'm going to take your word for it because I'm probably not going to read it. <laughs> it's free. You can get it right on the Kindle. There's a lot of good books. Todd reads a lot of them. I just take his word for it, too, because you know, he likes to read those things. That's right. So we're going to be talking about God as Father. And that's kind of a hard thing to get your mind around sometimes. You know, some things get in the way of that. Maybe that's not the, the full theology that you were brought up in, the doctrine. You know, I heard in the church growing up, you know, God is Father, but really there wasn't any teaching around what does that really mean and how do you apply that? Yeah, absolutely. It's one thing knowing that God is your Father, and most of us know that because we know the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay, so Jesus is talking to God the Father, so we know he's a Father in our head. But it's a totally different universe to allow yourself to be fathered by him. What does that look like? What does it look like when I'm not being fathered by him? We're going to talk about that today. I remember my first exposure to this was years ago when I heard a lady talking, um, doing a uh, presentation. It was really, really powerful, but she kept referring to, to God as daddy. Mm -hmm. And it, it just really made me uncomfortable. 
<laughs> and then I, you know, later realized that's probably more of my issue. You know, I was kind of thinking, wow, she's kind of weird. But <laughs> in reality, it was really my thinking was not aligned with what it needed to be. What gets in the way of us believing that God is truly trying to father us or is there to father us? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think one of the things, one of the primary things that gets in the way is that whatever faults and weaknesses the father figure in our life had with us, we tend to project that onto God the Father unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really a mouthful right there. It took God a lot of weeks and months to help me understand that. So um, you may be saying, no, I don't think I do that. But really, if you think it through, if you take the time to realize the woundedness that your father figure may or may not have intentionally mm-hmm. uh, or even you know unintentionally um, had toward you in some way, a lot of times we don't want to be fathered by God because it sounds like the same thing I got from my earthly father, which wasn't that great a lot of times. And, yeah. and that's a great segue into the clip that you're fixed to play, Sam, because Indiana Jones had been hearing this stuff from his father, Sean Connery, which what a cool father to have, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he just was... And like so many things I got from my father and my heavenly father, I didn't see the significance of them until the moment came. Yeah, and in this clip, what you're going to hear is you have Indiana Jones, his, his dad's been wounded. And if you haven't seen it, it's like 20-some years old. So <laughs> sorry, just go watch it. But his dad's been wounded, and he has to make this journey through a very uh, dangerous trip to, to go help rescue his dad. And along the way, he keeps hearing his dad's voice in his head, reminding him of things that he thought was unimportant at one point. So we're going to listen to that. Yes, all right. The second challenge is the word of God. Only in the footsteps of God will he proceed. Word of God. Word. Proceed in the footsteps of the word. The word of God. No, Henry. Try not to talk. something in that at the end of it I want to yell bingo I don't know why <laughs> but that, that's what comes to mind when, yeah I watched that movie several times and, and it's been a lot of years since I've seen it and we're preparing for the show you know I think Robbie you and I were talking about it and just how cool it is that this relationship between Indiana Jones and his dad is kind of not the best but right when things really come down to it his dad's been trying to teach him some things he really needs to know and so he's been misinterpreting a lot of what's been going on around him which is what we can do with our Heavenly Father, isn't it, Todd? Yeah, that's, that's why it's important for us to receive God as Father and understand how he's fathering us. Because if we miss that, 
we may be missing some things that he's trying to impart in us and bestow on us that we may need later. So we, we can't do without it. Dennis, we were talking a little bit before the show, and you said something that God does in your life that uh, you kind of have to get your, your head around. Oh, we were talking about being our performance-based thoughts. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we, uh, and I've had that situation with my father for many years and still struggle with it and still struggled with it the other night in talking to him. Uh, I still have this template of uh, love being performance-based coming mm-hmm. back from my childhood. And I was dishonest with him about a situation with losing a job when he asked about when we were going to do the Easter music and I began to tell him when we were going to do it and everything. Well, I, I lost that job three months ago. My fear was how my father, my earthly father, would react. Now, as I told you guys, he's not like that today. We actually have a very loving relationship. He's not as much like that as really he used to be. <laughs> uh, and I won't tell him about this particular show. But but I'm I'm going to have to go back and have speak some truth there. Yeah. But but I I still have that mindset, that template in my brain a lot of times with my dad. Well, thank you. I, I actually threw that to you and wasn't really clear on something, and that makes a great point that you were talking about there of sometimes that that relationship with God is impacted by our relationship with our earthly dad. When we come back, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk about other things that get in the way of, of us really allowing God to father us the way that he's been trying and he wants to. we got the women's re- retreat coming up. Uh, it's called a Good Heart Women's Weekend, and that's June 6th through 8th in Providence, North Carolina. Go to goodheartwomen.com for more information. Welcome back to the Masculine Journey. We're just here off air making fun of Robbie, which is our favorite pastime. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Seven dwarfs. We were talking that. Yeah, Yeah, we will. And maybe we'll get to that a little bit later. We're talking about an incredible topic today that I think is just very timely. For this time of year, which would be what timely means, but <laughs> tell us, uh, Todd, what uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about what it means to receive God as Father, and we're taking a deeper dive into why Jesus, why we celebrate Easter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that Jesus came and He died and He rose again, and that is incredibly awesome. What is that all about? Uh, what is salvation all about? Did He come to only justify and forgive us, or was that justification and forgive us in order to get something deeper right. and he said in john fourteen six, it is about something more it's about getting us to the father which means jesus is saying and i know this may disrupt or um rearrange some theology i hope it doesn't but jesus is saying i'm not the final destination i am the way and a way only has meaning if it leads to a destination right. and the destination is god the father and what does that mean? What does that look like? That's what we're talking about. And I was really glad when you, you spoke on this and it kind of rearranged my thinking, mm-hmm. you know, because it didn't diminish Jesus' role at right. all. Right. I mean, he plays a, a critical, pivotal role in mm-hmm. it and has to be willing to step in there and, and, and do the things that he does for us. But he was doing it to bring us to the Father. Absolutely. You know, it was a restoration of that relationship. You're right. It's not to minimize Jesus. It's to restore balance to the Father. And, and you know, in that clip that you just played that we heard Sean Connery and and Indiana Jones, you know, the interaction. And Indiana Jones did not realize what his father had been training him to do. And and that's kind of, I realized that this week, just this week, that I had had that same experience. I was, I was going to do my Seder that I do every year with my special needs class. 
and I was studying up on Moses and I revisited Moses in the burning bush and I saw something that I'd never seen before. And that when God told Moses, look, put your staff down and it's going to turn into a snake. It says very clearly, Moses ran. In other words, he was chicken. Oh, snake. <laughs> you know, <and> he took <laughs> off. He had a legitimate fear of snakes. And then God really put him under the bus and said, okay, pick it up by the tail. Can you imagine if you're Moses? And, oh, yeah. So he picks up this thing by the tail, becomes a staff again. And then even a bigger freak out for Moses is take your arm out of your shirt. And guess what? It's white and leprous, meaning he has a disease that's going to kill him. And can you imagine pulling your shirt out? And, oh, man, I got cancer. I'm gonna, I got this horrible kind of disease, and I'm going to die. And God says, well, just put that back in your shirt now, and you're going to be okay. Well, interestingly, God, he, he helped Moses overcome this gigantic fear that he had, obviously, of fear of snakes. But then he showed him that he could heal him from almost any disease, well, from any disease. He, could, he had things under control. Well, Moses didn't know how much he was going to need that fathering mm -hmm. until he found himself in front of Pharaoh and all sorts of other challenges that he had. Well, right after I received Christ, my biggest fear as a six foot five guy was I was afraid of the dark. And he had one night, I had the same discussion that Moses, he was scared of the snake. I was scared of the dark. And God came to me and said, do you want, do you want freedom from this? And I said, well, you don't understand. Somebody could come in here with a knife and kill me. And I was just talk about running. And God said, well, Robbie, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's, what would be so bad about that? And I thought, wait a minute, I get to be with Jesus. And he had fathered me through my biggest fear, mm -hmm. which was my fear of the dark. And a year later, I got what was called killer cell lymphoma, which was supposed to kill me in, in a matter of months. And within a month, he healed me. And I thought, wow, just like God had fathered Moses through this fear that he'd overcome, and then he fathered him through this miraculous healing to show Moses what? I got this. You can trust me. And he was showing Robbie the same thing. And I thought, I'd miss that fathering until I went to revisit that thing. Well, without the right perspective, we'll definitely misinterpret what's going on in our life. Mm -hmm. um, reminds me of a clip that we're getting ready to listen to. And it's, it's from the TV series Lost, and we've used it before. But in this clip, you have uh, Jack, who's the father at this point, who's had some pretty significant father wounds of his own. His dad had literally told him, you don't have what it takes. And so as many fathers that have been wounded, he tries to set out to correct that for his son, which is then misinterpreted. And let's listen to how this plays out and really listen to the father's heart for the son and how the son doesn't quite get it initially. You were great in there. You saw me? I missed a couple of notes. Sounded perfect from where I was standing. I thought I could get back to your place before you got home. I didn't even know you were still playing. I mean, Mom promised not to tell you. Why? It was always such a big deal to you. You used to sit and watch me practice. You were so into it. I didn't tell you I was coming here because I didn't want you to see me fail. You know, when I was your age, my father didn't want to see me fail either. He used to say to me that he said that I didn't have what it takes. Spent my whole life carrying that around with me. I don't ever want you to feel that way. I will always love you. No matter what you do, in, in my eyes, you can 
never fail. I just want to be a part of your life. So Todd, as you listen to that, mm-hmm. what's that really speak to you? I think if we don't allow God the Father to validate in us um, if we don't build a relationship with him that allows him to validate that we do have what it takes. I see this in the counseling office all the time. We as men will spend hours and weeks and months and years in activities, spending money, doing things, trying to constantly prove to ourselves and other people that we do have what it takes. Mm-hmm. How about going back to the father that created that heart who knows the special sauce that he gave you the particular slice of his glory and let him father you into settling that you do have what it takes when you have thank you and you're exactly right but when you have a story like this with jack and his son if he's really misinterpreting his father's love it may indeed get in the way of accepting god's love Mm. which we've talked about a little bit and that's, that's vital that we understand. And even in that clip, you, you can really see that the father's heart was good. You know, when we talk about having father wounds, we don't want to imply that dads are bad. You right. know I mean, I love my kids immensely, and I am sure, without a doubt, they have some father wounds, <laughs> right? Because I'm, I'm broken, and I'm in the process of being healed and restored, just like all of us that are, are walking with, with God. And, but I know they're not going to escape from out having it. But what I can do is hopefully lead them back to the father. Mm-hmm. Right, that's going to love them and provide a way that they find Jesus, which they have, and, and learn to walk as God as Father. Honestly, I'm still struggling to learn how to walk as God as Father. Mm-hmm. And we was at the, this last boot camp, and, and uh, you normally do the talk mm-hmm. on uh, being fathered by God, and our, our friend Chris did. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was talking this time, just, man, one of the videos he showed just floored me. Mm-hmm. And it just you know brought me to tears. I could hardly control it, and I just couldn't figure out what it was. And so, you know, I walked outside during the quiet time. So, God, what was that? And he just, the only thing he said was, why won't you let me father you? And I said, oh, what do you mean? You got crickets. <laughs> <laughs> so that's part of the adventure, you know, is why, why is, you know, I'm not letting God father me. Mm. And I know I am more than I ever have. What he's trying to say is, I've got so much more for you. If you'll just move past some things that you need to move past and let me father you. Mm. Dennis, you were talking um, before the show as well that God sometimes will come in and do something with us to get us back on track. What was that? Yeah, I've uh, had a period in my life for the last several months where uh, this seems like one thing after the other has been happening. And Todd and I were actually talking about this yesterday. And I remember the first time you ever said something about God disrupting our lives. And I I could not understand that at all when we first started talking about it because I was like, I don't like disruption. I I want things (laughs) to be this way and that way. And what you guys have helped me to see is how God will use a season in our lives and disrupt different areas of our lives in order to bring bring us to a greater point of trust in Him and to show His love so that moving forward, He may have something planned down the road for me or you that we're not aware of right now. And I've cried out to God several times when this, but why did you allow all this stuff to happen? And you guys have spoken that truth to me a lot about how to look at that disruption in our lives. Yeah, because he's constantly doing a lot of things in your life. And he taught he's disrupting. And what else is he doing? Dismantling. Dismantling. So what's that really mean? Disrupting means I'm on a path and he's going to stop me. 
Mm-hmm. Then, then he has to dismantle, which would be... Yeah, like, for instance, I mean, we have habit structures of thinking and habit structures of behaving and, and seeing life, and he wants to dismantle that. He wants us to align with his way of thinking and seeing and believing. You know, and I think for us, it's, well, what does it look like when when I'm not letting myself be father, when I'm, when I'm resisting that disruption that Dennis is talking about, when I'm not seeing it as... Um, God fathering me, but I'm, I'm angry at God for bringing the disruption. And we know we're not allowing him to father us whenever we get self-reliant, we get independent, we're trying to handle it all ourself. But, but the point about being fathered by God is that God wants to do it with you. Yeah. He wants to come beside you. He wants you to give it to him, and then you both do it together, whatever it is, the disruption, the dismantling, the whatever. And all of it is done fully and completely in love. Right. You know, if you are a parent, you will understand that there are times that your your child is doing something they really want to do, but you, you can look ahead and say, that's not going to end well. <laughs> right. Wait, they're kind of waving their hand over that candle. That's not going to work out real well for you. You know, so I want to try to disrupt that before you hurt yourself. You know, and, and God wants to do those things for us. And that dismantling thing, Disruption for me was one I always got real frustrated, as you talked about. The dismantling thing was the one I resisted. Mm. And that's really God trying to take away a foundation that's not good. Even if you have a good house built on it, you still got to fix the foundation. Mm. You're listening to The Masculine Journey. we got so much more on this topic when we come back. And uh, really seeing where God's trying to father us and how do we allow that to happen. We've got a boot camp coming up in November, November 7th through 9th. At, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.com for more information. Or for a women's event, June 7th or 6 through 8, go to goodheartwomen.com. Welcome back to The Masculine Journey. Robbie, I've got this, and we're going to go through this, and I know you wanted to say something, so I'm going to let you talk here in a second. Oh, how cool. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to The Masculine Journey. We were just kind of talking off air and lost track of time and just kind of laughing, so you get to see we do have fun. Mm-hmm. This Absolutely. is a fun show, and we talk about some serious things, but, man, it's so good to see God doing these things in our life. Mm-hmm. So, Robbie, you were going to talk about something coming up that's really important. It, it really is. And even though today is Easter Eve and we're talking about be, father, being fathered by God, there's really, I'm thinking it could be only 22 shopping days left until Mother's Day. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so this is a serious issue, guys. It really is. But I can't imagine a better Mother's Day present to give your wife than some time alone with her and God. And this Good Heart Women's uh, event that's coming up, Good Heart Women's Weekend, coming up June 6th through the 8th, it's a fairly inexpensive way for you to really give her something that couldn't be more precious, time with God. But then the other thing that you can do to make that happen is obviously not just pay for it, but then you can agree to keep the kids, right, so that she really can get away and get out of the busyness of life to be able to hear from God. What that will do, and I know it's done it for my marriage, I know it's done it for Sam's marriage, and I don't know it's done for Todd's marriage. Am I right, guys? This is huge. Yes, oh, yeah. it is. It's uh, made a huge difference and continues to make a huge difference. This wasn't a, a one-time thing, right. a one and done. It's a continual process that God unveils things every time, whether it's at a men's boot camp for me or at the ladies' weekend for my wife. Something's changed immensely in our marriage each time and, and the, the the ability to hear from god um like elijah heard the still small voice which actually was a voice that had no noise well my wife had never really heard from god 
And so to be, be able to he, get ears to hear that voice for a lady, and then to, she and herself can begin to be fathered by God is so huge. And what an opportunity to have, I mean, really, Heidi and, and Sheila and the ladies that are going to be involved in, in, in guiding them down this um, Good Heart Women's Weekend. And Robbie, I just want to remind them that means there's only 21 days till Mother's Day Eve. <laughs> yeah. So just keep that in mind. There you go. <laughs> the mother of all holidays. <laughs> That's right. Miss that one, guys. Wow. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Todd, what about those guys that say, you know what? I got this. I really don't need to be fathered. How would you How would you talk to them about it? Yeah. First of all, read uh, John 14 through 16 because it talks about God being our father over 50 times. So it is in the scripture, <laughs> you know, check, check it out. However, what you'll see is a pattern um, as you read about, you know, just look in a concordance and look up all the times that, you know, God's being talked about as, as father, is that it is a reality that we will be fathered by someone. And we can either be fathered by our creator or we can be fathered by, as the scripture calls him, the father of lies. Mm-hmm. And isn't that interesting? He calls the enemy the father of lies not the leader of lies or the author of lies he fathers us into lies Mm -hmm. and boy is he subtle with it and boy do we get trapped in it that's the whole seven dwarfs thing right there (laughs) (laughs) there you go well the thing is when we look around you know the world follows his lead yeah and so the thing that looks like normal is walking with the father of lies yeah which is is not what God intended. Yeah, how do I know if I'm being fathered by the father of lies? Well, walk with the father of truth, and you'll know when the father of lies is coming around. The more we walk with God our father, the more recognizable it is when we're listening to the father. It's not, we're not talking about being indwelled by the enemy. We're talking right. about being fathered by his voice. Right. And that is possible for a believer to be fathered by his voice. Yeah, and be led astray. Be led astray. um, Led into bondage, as it says. Mm -hmm. Now, Robbie, God uses other people to help fathers, doesn't he? Yeah, it's it's amazing. The times in your life when your man steps in and shares something with you that it really can change the direction of your life. And and God is allowing another man, and and like Rich Mullins in the movie Ragamuffin, you could see all the men that came in and became his father in my own life. I remember one time going to a Christian businessmen's committee meeting and saying, you know, my wife, I had an opportunity to teach this humongous Sunday school class, but my wife wanted me to teach special needs. And I was like, guys, I've got nothing for that. I I can't talk to them. They've got involuntary movements. It scares me to death. (laughs) How can I teach? I know all this stuff about the Bible. I can never share in it. And there was a guy named Archie Jones who was an old missionary. He looked at me and he goes, Robbie, under the least of these, my brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, you dog. <laughs> but, you know, 14 years later, I can't imagine him not speaking that truth and what that has meant for my life to be part of that ministry because that man stepped in and fathered me like and that. And the point is God fathers us through other men and people in our lives. He, he fathers us through circumstances. He fathers us through people. He fathers us through his word. We just have to expect it. You know, Dennis was saying off the air, there's that phrase, expect to win. Well, it's kind of like expect to be fathered. You know, are you looking for it? Are you aware of it and and saying, God, how are you going to father me today? I'm, I'm going to look for it. I'm going to play a clip from a, a movie called Secondhand Lions. We've used it a few times in the past, but it's it's such a good movie about a young boy who does not have a father figure. And, and the people that come in his life that date his mother are very, very bad for him. 
very abusive in a lot of ways. And so she ships him off to live with two old uncles that seem very uh, aloof at best. And along the way, they really learn to love each other. And I want you to listen to this interchange between a young Walter and his uncle Hub, who thinks that he has nothing left to offer, and see how this plays out. Around my mom, all I hear is lies. I don't know what to believe in. The long speech I give to young men sounds like you need to hear a piece of it. Sometimes the things that may or may not be true are the things that a man needs to believe in the most. The people are basically good. That honor, courage, and virtue mean everything. That power and money, money and power mean nothing. That good always triumphs over evil. True love never dies. A man should believe in those things because those are the things worth believing in. Got that? That was a good speech. think so. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you really think about that, he, he talks about you know, it doesn't really matter what the world says. There's things here that are worth believing in that's deeper than what would appear. Mm. And, and what a great little movie. I had a friend of mine recommend that to me years and years ago, and I thought, I really don't want to watch this movie. And I watched it. Oh, man, it was so powerful just to see how this relationship between these older men and their young nephew brings them all life. As they learn how to father, they've never been fathers, but God still uses them to father. We are talking a little bit before the show, and I was thinking back at a time way back, almost 30 years ago now, that I was just getting into construction, and I really didn't know anything. I had used a hammer, but you know, I really didn't know much about it, and I was entering into it and was really intimidated, and uh, a guy that had I worked for really helped father me. He gave me some really good advice, and the key thing that was really so cool is I, I don't know at the time that he was a Christian, but it didn't keep God from putting him in my path to tell me what I really needed to hear as a young man, that today I'm still doing a career that's began almost 30 years ago because this man was in my life. You know, and I do pray that he became a Christian down the road, but uh, it was very vital for me. And, and God will use people, as Dennis said, expect to be fathered. And if you don't expect to be fathered, you're probably being fathered by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if we don't expect to be fathered, you know, what we're talking about, and I've got to mention his name, Jack Frost uh, has a ministry, Shiloh Place Ministries. Um, he has passed away now, but his material is still around. He's the one that introduced, his teachings, you know, is what introduced me to this message. And he talks about living in the sonship of being fathered, and we're not living and at rest in father's lap then what are we living life like? We're living life like an orphan. We take on an orphan spirit when we're not allowing ourselves to be fathered by God. Well, when you think of an orphan, what do you think of? You think of someone who's alone, who's constantly striving. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of defensiveness. You're always on defensive. Um, what's the opposite of that? You know, when I'm at, when I am at rest in Father's love, there's, I'm being heard. There's protection. Mm-hmm. I'm being validated. You know, it's it's the it's the it can make the difference as to how you're living your life. You know, have people told you constantly that you're constantly striving? You gotta be doing this. You're you know you're edgy. You're whatever. Well, what happens when you're at peace more? What happens when you feel protected more? That's the difference. And we've got to allow ourselves to be father. We got to allow ourselves. For God to work in our life through people and means and so forth to share his fathering with us. And Paul was trying to tell the Roman church that in, in Romans 8. He could have, in the original Greek, it was like, are y'all crazy? 
no, what he actually said. <laughs> the Southern Greek. <laughs> the Southern Greek, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said, if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spareth not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also freely give us all things? In other words, if God gave you his son, then what could be better than Jesus? What makes you think he would withhold anything from you? I mean, that's how much he loves you. He gave you his very best. Now, don't you think he still is in the hunt to, to, to allow you to have the special sauce that, that, that Todd's talking about, mm-hmm. to but walk it, with him? It is so hard, though. You know, I was listening to Jack Frost today, actually, and he was talking about just the concept of um, orphan spirit and how it's, it's, when you live in that, it's hard to accept blessing. Mm. Right, because when you look back scripturally, the blessing was handed down from father to son. Right, it was a rite of passage. It was given to them. It was uh, they're saying that this person is a man. They have what it takes, and it's providing for their livelihood. Mm. Right, and when you live in that orphan spirit, you can't accept that from God, even though it's being freely offered. That's right. Right, you live almost as striving, or you live in ways that I got to get this on my own. I got to take care of this. I, no one's going to be there for me. Right. 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 That's it. That's that's the concept. No one's going to be there. I got to do it all myself. And that decreases as we allow ourselves to walk with Father throughout our life. Hey, Father, what do you want me to do with this? Rather than me taking it, you know, taking the bull by the horns, which is what we love to do. You know, I think that it'd be easy to get an impression that if you're a father, you got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Mm. Right? You're going to make some mistakes. You just got to let them know that. You, they're loved and lead them back to God. You're listening to the Masculine Journey. You can get more podcasts at MasculineJourneyRadio.com. We've been on a lot of different topics that really move your heart closer to God. We pray that you would do that and consider being a one of the 300 and helping us financially. We do need that support. MasculineJourneyRadio.com. Welcome back to the Masculine Journey. We are just having a good time today, and and what a great weekend. Yes. You know, Robbie, is there something going on tomorrow? It's Easter Eve. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Eve issues. Did I you do. realize that? <laughs> I just put it together. You have I, Eve issues. I do. Ah. I do. Yeah. And there's even New Year's Eve Eve. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and, and it goes on and on. <laughs> Todd will have a few words for you after the show. Eve issues, and you should have never told us you were scared of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> That was a thing. So, Todd, we've been talking about this orphan spirit, right? And there's a, a, a clip that you love to use at camp yeah. you know, it, that really kind of just sums it all up, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness. Um, what does it look like whenever we run to God as Father? All right, that's what this next clip is going to answer. So here's the clip. There's a, there's a dad, played by John Cusack, and he has adopted a boy who's, I don't know, what, seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. And the boy's name is Dennis. And... Dennis, long story short, has issues with believing that his newly adopted dad is going to stick with him because he's used to being bounced around. He's used to being given away. So listen to the conversation that unfolds between the dad and the adopted son and how the dad goes after his son's heart and what it looks like when the son runs to him. And at the time, they're standing on a water tower, right? Yeah. Way up above the ground. So there's a lot of danger actually going on here as well. Yeah. I promise I'll tell him you were nice to me. Thanks. You're a great human, Dennis. That's the funny part. And I just wanted you to feel like you belong to me. Because that's what I think you really want. Underneath all this, I think you want to belong to someone. I wish we could have more time together. 
I want to prove to you that not all parents disappear forever. Why do they go sometimes? I don't know. That's a, that's a mystery. Sometimes it's their fault. And sometimes it's not. It's a, it's a mystery. I don't know. Why do you think they left me? Because they were stupid. Whoever let you go, those were the stupidest beings in the universe. I mean, they were so dumb they couldn't even see what was right in front of them. How could they not see how extraordinary you are, how big your heart is? I'm not even that smart and I can see it. It's so obvious. I mean, you're the easiest kid in the world to love. Well, to me, you are. You know what I think? I think you love me, too. I think you're just filled with it. I think it's just waiting to burst out of you. Dennis, you're my son. You're my home. Forever. And I will never, ever, 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 You know, I know they say that, that men are visual-oriented, but when I look around this room, I see some eyes here that are kind of tearing up <laughs> from some really, really strong, strong people that I know, some strong men. So what mm. is it about that that just really touches your heart? Yeah, you can't listen to that clip without it touching you deeply, and that's a good thing. Um, we have to allow our hearts to be touched. You know, one of the things that gets me about that clip is that it is very obvious that the dad makes it very clear to his son, I see you for all the goodness and the worth that you have. I don't see you based on the way you see yourself, which is all the mistakes and faults that you have. That's why you can run to God, your father, because he sees you, you know, the, your faults and weaknesses are covered. Mm -hmm. That's it. He doesn't see those. He wants to heal those, but he sees you as he created you with that glory that he gave you, with the special sauce that you have, with all the goodness that you have. That's how he sees you, and that's why you can trust him and rest in him. You know, that clip, I love the fact that the dad goes right after the fear. Mm. Robbie, you talked about that early in the show, right, with Moses, with you. The, the, in that clip, and I, I love when Hollywood doesn't realize what they're doing, you know, and they put out something that really points back to God, whether they, they want to or not. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about who wrote this or what their agenda was, just Hollywood in general. Mm -hmm. I think we'd all agree it's probably not their highest uh, priority is to lead people back to God. <laughs> but in that clip, it shows a father just loving the son, as you said, for who he is and where he is, but going right after that fear, that fear of being abandoned. I will never, ever, 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 and he says like five more times, mm -hmm. leave you. Right? And that's what broke the little boy's heart in a good way. He's trying to say, I will never abandon you even when you're not what you're supposed to be. Right. Wow. That's, and, what, and that's the that, one place we want to run. That element of you're the apple of my eye that, that comes mm -hmm. with grace, which that grace in the Hebrew was favor, that you're God's favorite. And it was obvious that that boy was his favorite. 
and that he was really the apple of his father's eye and what little boy or what older boy doesn't want to know that, wow, I am really my dad's favorite, Mm -hmm. that I'm my heavenly father's favorite. And if that's the case, then I can rest that he's going to only allow things in my life that are truly for my good. You know, Robbie, there, there are a few things in my life that made as much of an impact on me as this message. And my wife and kids will tell you that before I got into this message, I was edgier. I valued being right more than I valued relationship. And I parented that way. And I had a marital focus that way. And since I got into this message, I've there's been more of a peace at being at rest with allowing God to father. And what it does is it just, it lets all that other stuff wash away and know that I don't have to do it all myself anymore. And I don't have to feel the pressure of being what I think I need to be. I'm at rest with father. He is accepting me. He is fathering me. He knows that I'm going to make mistakes as a parent and as a husband, but he is helping me. I mean, there's no more validation than having that unconditional fathering that says, I've got your back, you're in my lap, and you're never going to leave. When Todd, you were t- talking, it, it, it's not a one-time event. Right. When God fathered me, check it off the list. Yeah. Right? No, it's a, it's a relationship. It's a process. And he's continuing to father us continually and, and take us into deeper, more intimate places with him. So we've been talking a lot about this. Now, now let's be genuine. Who can throw out there how God's fathering them right now or has been fathering them recently and help help our listeners really understand how we live this? Mm. Well, I'll throw out. <laughs> you know, just recently, honestly, we've had some struggles here amongst our band of brothers. And I got to be fathered by the father of lies a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> he was telling me, oh, this person, they've got it out for, you know, this person, that. And, and I was hearing all these things of mistrust and, you know, they're... Uh, it was it was horrible and then i went to the group this this afternoon and the first thing the leader said was now this is how jesus said the disciples will be spotted by the way they love one another and i went wow <laughs> yeah i'm really loving that person i'm at odds with right this minute <laughs> i'm not that that it really if someone were to look from the outside would they see god's love the way that i'm handling this person's heart right this minute and i was like man Thank you, Lord. You fathered me through this situation to once again see how important it is mm-hmm. that, you know, that I be, that I, I show the kind of grace you showed me, mm. right? The Absolutely. same favor that he was showing me, I can, fa- I can show my brother. As we talked a little earlier in the show, you know, God's constantly up to certain things. We've talked about this in, in other shows that he's disrupting, dismantling, healing, and restoring. Mm-hmm. And right now, if I had to say where I'm at, uh, in, in God fathering me is in this dismantling stage. Um, there's just some real deep-seated beliefs that I don't know the, the root of them yet, but it, it deals with some abandonment, right? And I don't know where that started in my life. I don't know where I grasp onto that, mm. but it's still there because it keeps cycling around. You know, and the thing that's been cool about in this, we're not there yet. God and I aren't there yet, and I'm the limiter there, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> But what's cool is he's allowed me to at least recognize it so much quicker, knowing, okay, oh, this is just that issue again, and it doesn't stay as long as it doesn't last as deep. It, it just it lets me go back to him and say, okay, Father, why are we still here again? 
Right? And, and I'm honestly, just over the last few years, became comfortable in talking with him that way. If you would have asked me to pray years ago, I would have prayed to Jesus every time. And not that that's necessarily bad, but I just didn't have a relationship with the Father. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. And so I felt like I had to go to Jesus every time. And again, there's nothing wrong with praying to Jesus, but right. you know, it, for me, it was a, a limiter because I didn't have the relationship with the Father. Mm. The way it's looked for me lately is in my relationship with my wife, I have a huge challenge of wanting to be right more than having relationship. And you know how we as men are. We are willing to kill the relationship <laughs> over being dadgum right. You know, I this is not fair, and we know she is in the wrong, and we know she is, and she knows she is for goodness sake, you know, <laughs> and I am not back into, and what father has shown me is it's okay if you're right and you don't value that as much as you value what it takes to have good relationship with your wife. And he's just kind of calmed my heart about that. I don't know what it is about us and I haven't got all that figured out yet about me, but what is it about us where we just have to be right? You know, it, it's almost like it's just going to go horrible from now to eternity if we're not if we don't correct it. So he's working on me to say, no, relationship is more important. That doesn't mean you don't help your kids do what's right. It just means do it in a way that values relationship more. And you're exactly right, Todd. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You're exactly right. <laughs> Thank I've you. That. You've been listening to The Masculine Journey. We have so much more on this topic. Uh, if you really want to dig into it deeper, come to a boot camp. Let God dig into that with you. Absolutely. we got one coming up in... November, November 7th through 9th. If you're one of our female listeners, go to goodheartwomen.com and register for the upcoming women's event. God wants to father you too. 